during this pandemic, Jackson State University has made bold and necessary steps to protect our student athletes. In hopes to get our fans back in the stands, we ask for our Tiger family support. You can donate today to the COVID-19 Athletic Relief Fund. Your donation will assist in the funding of financial support for student athletes, recruiting, and loss of revenue due to the COVID-19 pandemic. Thank you for all contributions, and remember, we be blue. Donate at GoJSUTigers.com forward slash give. Tiger fans, welcome to episode 61 of the official Tiger Talk with the 1400 Club podcast, bringing you all the latest news, updates, and buzz surrounding your mighty JSU Tigers. I am the Corey C. Be sure to download and subscribe to the podcast to be notified of every new episode. Apple users, rate and review the show. And everyone, follow Tiger Talk with the 1400 Club on Facebook and Tiger Talk 1400 on Twitter. It all helps the cause, which is the I love, Jackson State University. Hosting today's show are Charles Bishop and Neely. And welcome to another episode of Tiger Talk with the 1400 Club. Charles Bishop, of course, here with my cohort, Christopher Neely. Welcome back in, buddy. Hey, Chuck. What's going on, man? How you making it? I'm doing well. And tonight we have with us none other than assistant men's basketball coach, Kason Berg. Welcome to the Tiger Talk with the 1400 Club. Thanks for having me. How y'all doing? No doubt about it. Man, uh, doing good, coach. We want to get into some great talk about our Jackson State men's basketball team. Uh, first and foremost, Coach, uh, how are you doing? I'm doing great. I'm just trying to get adjusted to, you know, these parameters of the COVID. Uh, it's yeah. just kind of different right now, different elements you're dealing with. Uh, you're trying to, you know, keep these guys healthy. Um, but you're trying to still do the same things in your routine that you normally do this time of year. But it's, it's, it's coming up with creative ways to still get them better, but keep them healthy and safe. And, you know, practicing social distance is the key. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So those are some of the safety precautions that you guys have been kind of putting in place uh, uh, since this whole pandemic thing started. Correct. It's just a situation where we get tested every week. Um, we just groups up into five to six players uh, talking to them. We don't even huddle them anymore like we used to. So mm-hmm. it's a situation where we trying to practice social distance and um, we hadn't had any negative tests thus far. So you know, we blessed for that and grateful. No doubt about it. Coach, I want to. I want if we can before we get into how you guys are managing it right now. Let, let's kind of rewind, you know, back to back to February, uh, uh-huh. back to March. You know, uh, the season man is taking off. You know, right after I think it was that Grambling game, we just hit this stride and, and the needle is pointing way up and winning, and we're getting ready to go into the tournament, and, and then the rug is pulled out from under us. And I can imagine not only the impact that that had on the squad, but also that was rolling into your off season, which when you're out there typically on the road recruiting and traveling, how has it been, you know, with the spring and the summer as it relates to what you, what you are accustomed doing, accustomed doing as with men's basketball that you had to adjust to this year? One of the things that we had to adjust to number one is the guys that we have returning. Usually, you know, after you go through the SWAC, you know, playoffs and, and, 
or whatever you might go through. If you go to a postseason birth, you will come back after two week, three week layoff and start, you know, individual workouts and trying to get better for the next year. And so I just think it just put us in a handicap because we didn't have that ability to get guys better since, you know, of the COVID number one, number two is just even the recruiting trail. Um, you typically, you know, will be in a situation where you will go on to Juco tournaments, uh, high school, all, uh, all-star games and things like that, or even going to high school and seeing a guy work out or, you know, visiting, uh, People in their, in their homes trying to recruit different prospects. It just was kind of different because you had to be, you know, social distance. So you had to do a lot of Zoom calls, a lot of text messages, a lot of FaceTimes, uh, a lot of film watching, and just trying to, you know, connect the dots with people you know and build relationships with the people that pretty much seen these prospects that you were trying to recruit. No doubt about it. Hey, you know, Coach, and, and our teams, they've been – long known for our defensive prowess, but I, I'm curious, and I'm sure our, our, our fan base is curious with the incoming group of signings. Uh, do we have the ability, I guess, just to kind of score the ball a little bit uh, this upcoming season? Yeah, I, I think, I think we got a, a multitude of guys that can do a, a variety of different things. Um, I think we got a good group and I think we're a little bit deeper. Um, mm-hmm. our, our guard play will, will hopefully show that and showcase that. Then we got some guys can push the ball in transition. Um, speaking of like a, a Wes Taylor, an incoming freshman, he's been really, really great in practice these last couple of days. You have uh, Ken Evans, who's a, a Jackson young man that, you know, redshirted for us last year because he had some just a knee issue, but he's looking great. And you're talking about a 6'4 guard that can come off ball screens, push it downhill and get to the basket going downhill. Uh, of course, Jonas James coming back. But with the new guys like a dang bowl and, and, a, and a Taz, uh, we 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 feel confident about our group, holistically wise, and then obviously you got probably one of the better players in the conference with Tristan Jay coming back for his senior year. Mm-hmm. Awesome, strong. So you know, you guys, uh, you know, the fall semester started. Uh, guys are back on campus, and you're trying to navigate and manage manage all those things. Uh, talk to us. You know, in in some past seasons, man, we were we were riding high. And, and had everything in order, and, and the injury bug would bite us. How has your your strength and conditioning program been this offseason to get guys, you know, in their peak condition without necessarily overworking them per se, and, and then trying to manage that and the pandemic at the same time? How how tough has that been? Uh, it's, it's it's been tough, I can say, just because you can't see them during the pandemic when it was in the offseason. But I think our, our strength and conditioning coach, uh, Shannon Jackson, did a tremendous job with our guys just by, you know, FaceTime, um, Zoom calls, keeping up with an app. You know, she challenged each, each person to send their workouts in. And, and even when we got back in a situation where we can actually work young men out and our guys, these last two weeks have been great. Uh, of course, you know, you come, in, you come, you got some guys that came in, didn't do quite as much as you wanted them to do just because they just didn't police sure. themselves. Uh, but, I mean, I think she does a, a tremendous job with our guys and, and building them up. And she's been with us, I guess, she came in last year around the springtime mm-hmm. and, and knocking on wood. We hadn't had any serious injuries since, uh, just to be honest with you. Yeah. Uh, yeah, no doubt about it, man. Uh, it's, it's, it's been uh, just a proven product that, that there's been some remarks uh, in that strength and conditioning program uh, because you can, ju- you can just see that drop off the injury. And, and that, you know, one thing about uh, Coach uh, uh, Bishop, when you look at Burke and Brent, you know, and of course, Dave Swan over there too. One, one thing you're going to be to pay for them, you're going to be in shape. Mm. 
you know, because uh, they they they're defensive minded running teams. Just historically, you know, the, the the chemistry and makeup of the teams, and 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 to see them, you know, be able to go through a season, and you can see the results when you can keep your key guys on the floor without injury. You know, it just means success for the team, and and that kind of thing start accidents happen, but that kind of thing starts in the offseason. No doubt, and it's good to see that that condition taking place even during the pandemic. And, and, you know, I, I wanted to ask in terms of kind of following up on that. Um, I, and and the, the fall schedule um, is going to be a kind of a fluid thing. And I, I, I'm kind of looking at it kind of almost changes uh, from day to day. But l- let me ask this question in terms of uh, how do you think the transition will be uh, to if, if, if we don't have that sort of non-conference schedule? How will the fluidity of the team, the camaraderie of, camaraderie of the team, be if we go right into conference games? It's going to definitely be different. Uh, you talking about, you know, going to a place like Alabama State, Alabama A&M to start your season, and you hadn't had any games to kind of understand your rotation, you know, who who plays well with who, uh, what kind of what kind of defense we, we should play, um, what kind of offense we should run. I mean, you kind of work all that thing out in the non-conference, even though you try to do it in practice, you still can't simulate the game like situations in terms who's best win this situation or, you know, just situation like things. And so you talking about you going into conference play just like that with no games prior to you trying to figure out all that over cusp. And we both know if you fool around and, and be 0 and 4, you pretty much out the race. Yeah. Um, it can be, you know, you can obviously make a run and push back, but you know, you want, you want to be putting yourself in the best position possible. So if we don't have that non-conference schedule, that's the thing I can see about the camaraderie and the chemistry. Of course, we have four to five, six guys that's coming back that's understanding our program, the system. But we still got—I mean, we still got a lot of new guys, mm-hmm. um, and so we we want them to understand what we want from them during the game, like things, and just getting a little tidbit, tidbits and intangibles um, mm-hmm. out the way when you do that non-conference schedule. Sure thing, Chuck. You know, uh, I don't know if you know this, and I'm not saying it because of present company. But one of my favorite players in JSU basketball history <laughs> is Coach Burke. <laughs> How about that? Uh, I, I'm, I'm going to tell you, man, uh, you know, I, I got to sit there courtside and watch him play, you know, and, and you know, going to a grad assistant, now full-time assistant of all over the recruiting chain and all he's accomplishing, leading the swag and his recruiting efforts, being in the top in that regard. But one thing about his style of play, if, if, if there was a 50-50 ball, mm, it was yes. his. If there was a loose ball on the floor, it was his. And, and if there was a guy that had to rally the team and get everybody together, it was him. He he may not have been scoring 30 points a night and getting you 15 boards a night, but he was doing those things that didn't show up in the box score. So when I even when I watch him as a coach now and the players as they recruit, I always look for, now who's the Burke on the <laughs> right, team? Right, <laughs> you, know, you know, because – Look, I'm gonna tell you that coaches ain't slick. They go find them or them. You know, they go they go recruit a guy that reminds them of them. So, coach, who who who's the guy that we're gonna look for this season? That's that Case and Burke. That's that fifty fifty ball as he is. That you know is that lightning rod and that spark, be it off the bench or in the starting line. Uh, that's 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 interesting. Like, uh, I mean, I think Dang Bowl is, is a guy that's gonna be a defensive guy that's uh, that takes pride pride in it and and wants to get the fifty fifty ball. I mean. Obviously, you know, you got Jay McKinnis, you know, he just plays with such a high motor and he comes over 50 50 balls. And I tell Jay all the time, even when in practice, I say, hey, if the ball on the ground is really a 75 25 ball for you. 
Like I'm, I expect mm-hmm. you get a seventy five percent of the time. I think uh, exactly. I think Taz would be a, a, a good person for that role because I think he plays with such passion and energy, and he reminds me of a Paris Collins um, when. Uh, and so, yeah. with, with with that being said, he's long and wiry like him. He plays with a lot of energy, and actually, and a, he, and, and a little bit off his rock. <laughs> uh, it's just it's just the passion. That, that's, what, that's what I told parents all the time. Passion. You got a lot of passion. You got a lot of vigor about yourself. But like, it, but to be honest with you, Neely, that they came from the same JUCO. So you know, mm. Paris played at D Mac, and this guy played uh-huh. at D Mac. So that we got some ties with that one right there, but. And we, and, mm-hmm. and they coach Dave Swan Dixon did a good job of recruiting him, and that's what kind of the yeah. guy said when he was recruiting him. Hey, this guy is going to be similar to Paris Collins, and hopefully he is because Paris was was a great player for us. Yeah, good deal. Hey, son, speaking of, of, of recruiting, and and you guys, you really hit it hard on the recruiting trail. But uh, you know, one question that I get quite a bit is uh, just kind of taking a look at just the state of Mississippi. Uh, in particular, where is the hotbed of hoops, if you will, or, or what area is emerging within the state? Uh, it's, it's all it's all across. I mean, you, you got to think about this 2020, 2022 class that's coming up. I mean, you you got guys that's got ties in Mississippi that's from, actually from Jackson who's going on playing at prep schools and things yeah. like that. Mm-hmm. And, and you know, but it's, it's a hotbed throughout the whole state of Mississippi. I mean, even this year, you know, you, you can see how it's saturated with talent in the JUCO uh, arena. It just – you you got to you got to recruit Mississippi. I love Mississippi guys because I feel like they take pride in it. Obviously, you want to recruit the best kid, but I mean, I'm a I'm a Mississippi guy through and through with that. Yeah, and, 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 and I ask that because most people uh, they look at Mississippi as a football state, but it has always been a hotbed of hoops. I, I tell you, I tell you, anybody like Per Cavill, um, I think we have some of the best basketball players to come out. I mean, you know, you going back to the all the way to the mid seventies, and before that, all the way to now. I mean, today I just had a conversation with Quindarius Weatherspoon. Uh, got a chance to talk to him, and you know, he he's a guy that's from Mississippi. He take pride in can can Mississippi stand up? That's what he always tell me. Mm-hmm. But um, you know, it's just it's it's a situation where you got to continue with to continue to recruit these guys and get an understanding of them, and just. Continue to talk to them and tell them how, how great it is to play at a Jack State or you know any Mississippi school. No doubt about it. Yeah. Now, but you having you know having said that, and, and you being a JPS guy, uh, you know, and and of course Brent has some some deep JPS uh, roots as well. How, how are you guys seeing that relationship develop uh, as far as your your relationships with with JPS or Metro Jackson High School coaches? And the potential that leads to when you're recruiting. Uh, yeah, I mean, it, it, it definitely helps. I mean, you're talking about, you know, Coach Wayne Brandon is probably one of the, you know, the ambassador of Mississippi basketball, period. Um, just one of the godfathers mm-hmm. that, that has come through and had much success on, on all levels. So his his relationships yeah. definitely run deeper in terms of people going to reach out to him more just based on who Wayne Brent is. But, you know, also, you know, my, myself got uh, JPS ties and being from Provine and also – Christopher Woodall, he's a JPS guy that's also on staff as an assistant coach. And then, you know, Swan Dixon, he's, he's, he's from the, the Delta area, which his his recruitment ties run through the Delta area in North Mississippi and things like that as well. So you got three you got three assistants and also the head coach with the Mississippi ties. And, and one thing we want to do is we want to take advantage of those ties. And we want to, you know, get out there and recruit those players throughout Mississippi because we know there's a lot of great players here. Good deal. Good deal. Uh, let me ask this question, and you know this is uh, a question, of course, that 
I guess from a, a national perspective, uh, we're starting to get, uh, we're in a time frame where elite prospects are turning their attention to uh, HBCUs now. And, and I know it's it's come up on quite a few national programs where uh, a young man like McCoy Maker, uh, he's, uh, he's uh, committed to Howard. But I wanted to ask this question in terms of uh, how does Jackson State kind of distinguish themselves in this HBCU stratosphere, uh, especially with this new generation of athletes that are now looking at HBCUs? The thing we distinguish the, the most, uh, I'm telling you, Mr. Bishop, is our alumni base. Um, mm. And I'm not saying this because I'm an alumni at Jackson State, but I just think we have one of the most rich alumni base bases there is throughout, not even on just the HBCU level, I mean, just any universal college. And I think that's the thing we have to do holistically when we're talking about, you know, these these young men and these four or five stars making their push to HBCU. I think it's got to be an overall effort. I mean, not only just from the coaching staff, it's got to be a sense of what is the culture here at Jackson State throughout the eyes of not only just the coaching staff, the students, the alumni, the professors, the city. Um, you know, that's that's the job in which I think that we show and highlight the most when you're talking about what stands out from Jackson State opposed to any other HBCU that may be recruiting kids. Sure. You know, Chuck and I was just talking uh, recently about that that concept that that when you get to a recruiting point, it's one thing for the school, Jackson State University, uh, to to recruit a kid that may be looking at, say, Tennessee State University. Uh, but we also have to, and what you're spelling out, Coach, I just want to stress to our listeners, you also have those other layers because that's also the city of Jackson competing against right. Nashville, you know, or whatever city or town that HBCU may be in. So it, it certainly is a collective effort. And I think too many times our fan base or my alumni, we put too much of that on the coach's shoulders. When it's anybody who has a vested interest in Jackson State, it's your job to recruit as well. I completely agree. You know, Coach, uh, one of the questions that I know fans will ask is, and and we'll kind of close things up on this, one, but uh, one of the questions they want to ask is, uh, you have a lot of championship sort of pedigree coaches within this conference now. Now we have Florida A&M and Bethune-Cookman uh, that are joining the SWAC. Uh, going forward, Jackson State basketball, how do you think uh, we progress forward? How will we look moving forward? I think we look great. I, I think we have we added two great programs and historic uh, schools to the, the conference. And it also, I think the conference is getting better, you know, from top to bottom with the coaches getting inserted in and, and, the, and the type of caliber players coming in. It's, it's going to make, make it a, a, a better conference, you know, holistically and top to bottom. I feel like, you know, that's the, the situation where iron sharpens iron. And once mm-hmm. other people get better, your school has to get better. Um, and that's maybe, you know, do more, you know, you know, do stuff better, do stuff different. And so that's that I'm looking forward to it. Uh, I think it's going to bring a lot of notoriety to the conference and I'm just excited about it. No doubt about it. You know, spe- speaking of, along those lines, let me let me get your thoughts on this. Uh, you at being from Jackson, you know, you mentioned Provine uh, product, Jackson State played there, went on to graduate school, grad assistant now, you know, uh, coaching there and. And moving on up and that kind of thing. So you you've had your pulse and your finger on the pulse of Jack State Athletics for quite some years now. Talk to us about just you know because you mentioned that support system and infrastructure and what goes on to make programs work. 
how has it been, you know, with, with A.D. Robinson, Vice President, Athletic Director, uh, Ashley Robinson, and the stuff that he's done that the fans don't see that just happens, you know, back of shop operations? How 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 has that aided you guys in, in having a successful uh, basketball? It's been very, very instrumental in having the success that, that we had, especially the last two years and especially last year. You know, I know he got here maybe last, you know, two years ago in August and went through one year, then last year was the second year with him. Um, just – you know, Ashley Robinson is a guy that I can honestly say, you know, he, he has a great vision for the athletics. Um, he does a great job with, with, with bringing things together and, 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 you know, bridging gaps to many different things. Um, and that's, that's even with the, the, the people within the athletic department. I mean, I, you know, when he got there, it, it was, it was a, a different infrastructure. Um, not say it's good nor bad, but it's, it was just a difference. Um, he has an open-door policy with the head coaches, obviously, and, and even people with the, even student athletes and even assistant coaches would just, he always going to ask you, Hey coach, you need anything coach, you know, mm. are you good? And he always, you know, is always there when you need him. I can honestly say that. And not only that, he probably Jack State's biggest fan. He's the athletic director. Mm-hmm. That's all right. Good stuff. Well, K-Time, man, we really appreciate you coming on to uh, Tiger Talk and uh, sharing your thoughts on uh, Jackson State men's basketball. A lot of great things going on over there on you guys' side of the ball. Uh, just excited in general about Jackson State basketball, men's and women's. So really appreciate you coming on, and you always have a seat here uh, with uh, us here to talk Jackson State basketball whenever you feel like it. I definitely appreciate it. No doubt. And that'll do it for episode 61 of Tiger Talk with the 1400 Club. Thank you to all of our listeners. And again, be sure to download and subscribe to the podcast. Apple users, rate and review the show. And everyone, follow Tiger Talk with the 1400 Club on Facebook and Tiger Talk 1400 on Twitter. I can't stress the importance of this enough. We're looking to do some big things with this platform to aid the athletics department. And it all starts with you. Downloading, subscribing, rating, and reviewing the show. And tell every tiger that you know. We're on all podcast outlets. Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, CastBox, and so on. And we'll be posting each episode on our Facebook and Twitter pages. As always, thank you for your support. Go Tigers! Hashtag the I love.